Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! There are just two days, 22 hours to go till the SPFL is back after the international 10-day break. John Hartson's back after the disappointment of Wales last night against Turkey, but they face a playoff in March. And Turkey maybe in the headlines for Rangers. Before we hear about the AGM of Celtic today, we'll have audio with Brendan Rogers speaking after the AGM. Quite a few questions for the Celtic board and we'll talk about that during the programme. Mark Guidi's here along with John Hartson. Good to see both of you. Good evening. Thank you, Paul. Good evening. Hi, Paul. Mark, can we just start on uh, Fenerbahce just mentioning uh, Turkey. What about Ryan Kent? Is this real that he could be coming back to Rangers or is this just a, a flyer? Uh, I don't think there's, there's much in it, uh, Paul. And I would have to ask the question, why would Rangers want to take Ryan Kent back? His last year he was pretty much anonymous and uh, it would be a hefty package to bring him back even for a loan deal. So I think if you're Philippe Clement, you should be looking at uh, different options. I do think they need a, a quality wide player uh, into the building in, in January. But for me, Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent has had his time at Rangers. It's the hardest thing in the business, isn't it, to score the goals? John Hartson did it for over a 100 times, 110 goals for Celtic. John, great to see you. Uh, where will we start the Celtic AGM today? And one of the key questions is, there's money in the bank, they're eight points clear, but... Europe hasn't been so good so far. We know that. Brendan Rogers was asked, the board were asked, what's going to happen in January in the coming windows? Well, Brendan, reading what happened in the AGM, we've got little snippets of it yeah. here on a bit of paper that Brendan Rogers has, has uh, reiterated how he likes to work with players. He likes to make players better on the training ground with his, with his knowledge and his fantastic um, experience of coaching. But he's also said as well that the club are... Uh, uh, if he wants a certain player, then the club will go and let him, you know, spend if he wants a certain player of a certain value with quality. The other thing I took from it as well was that he has final say. You know, I know they've got a, a recruitment officer there and they've got other things, but Brendan Rodgers has final say on any player that arrives at the club or anybody that is going to leave the club. Mark, that's how it should be, isn't it? The final decision with the manager, but it has to be oh. part of the policy of the club and the recruitment policy, which we know about at Celtic. Buy them cheaply, you know, relatively cheaply, yeah. young, and sell them for big profits. Yeah, but that, that's the ideal model, Paul, and, and it's worked several times for Celtic. It's also failed several times for Celtic. You can't always buy it one and a half, two million and expect to get a, a gem all the time. So, yeah, there's been a few real good success stories for Celtic and uh, a few really, really bad ones. Um, I think you really need to trim the fat in January. Far too many players just sitting about doing nothing. Um, you know, I think you could look at guys like Bernabe, Kubayashi, perhaps Mikey Johnson at the end of his contract in the summer. Maybe he would go. James McCarthy's not featured at all this season. And I think if, if Stephen Welsh um, comes back, Paul and Navroski, if all those guys back, I think that Lager Bielka, from what I'm told, um, from inside is not hitting the standards um, required so he's got a bit of work to do 
to, to go and turn that around and to show that he is worthy of being in the, the Celtic first team squad. The AGM came today just uh, moments after Celtic were hit with another European fine, €29,000 over a series of incidents in the recent Champions League clash at Celtic Park with Atletico Madrid. It's happening too often, Mark, isn't it? When is the message going to get through that this is affecting the club, the name of the club, but also in the pocket? Well, it's not getting through, Paul, uh, and I don't think it ever will. There's, there's obviously action being taken, but you know, I, I don't know what the the, the, the the total stands at at the moment. But I'm guessing it's more than half a million quid um, in fines uh, over the years, and um, it's not acceptable. You know, um, it's just not acceptable. Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers about uh, the quality additions that he's looking for. He doesn't want for project players. He wants to get people who would be ready because he's saying they've got a really strong squad. Everyone will put the quality. Um, down to the number that you pay but that's not necessarily I think Virgil van Dijk was 2 million when he came in here so that was good quality um, it's it's always the challenge because lots of players may want to uh, take place in a more competitive league or one of the renowned leagues but I think what Celtic offers here is is really unique in terms of the opportunity to come and play for a fanatical fan base um, to come and develop as a player, to become a winner, to live in a great city. Um, and there's been many players and managers that whilst they've been here, and it's sometimes only when you are here, that you uh, that you get that real sense of that. So we, um, we always work hard, but we want big players to come. This is an incredible club to come and play for. And if you're lucky enough to be able to come here and, and work and play, you'll, you'll get the sense of that. So, um, so yeah, so that's something that's ongoing. It's ongoing, John. Celtic fans will want to know that they can secure the title again because it is the most important thing for Celtic fans, Rangers fans, for anybody really, they want to win this title. Yes, of course, they want to win the title because especially now as well, you know, particularly last season where you had automatic entry into the Champions League without going through them difficult playoff games, if you like. But, um, you know, what Brendan's saying there is, you know, is that um, he likes to, you know, if the right type of player came to the club, um, you know, I, I believe him. He's looking for quality. Um, but sometimes those quality players, Paul, you know, are out of the market in terms of how much, and we know it's an inflated market. We, we know that, players 10 years ago if they were worth 3 million they'd probably be worth 4 yeah. but if you're worth 3 million now you're worth about 12 you know everybody knows that Celtic have got a bit of money from the Champions League and everything else so they're going to out, out you know they're going to put the price for a for a Celtic player out of the market but he's spot on in terms of it doesn't take a lot to entice a player to come and play uh, for Celtic in in terms of the ground, the atmosphere, the opportunity they've got, they they play for three uh, uh, trophies every year, including the Champions League, in front of a you know a vociferous crowd, a wonderful crowd every week. The derby games are fantastic. You know, he got a chance to win trophies, walk up that rostrum, which a lot of players haven't had the chance to do when you win a cup and hold it up above your head in front of the fans. Those are very very special moments and. Uh, as I said, Brendan there talking about, you know, bringing players in. Celtic is a, is a big pull for, for, for any player. Yeah. 
Mark, what about the Green Brigade issue? It came up a few times then, didn't it? There was questions. Uh, Michael Nicholson, the chief exec, said, well, the rift between the ultra group and the club has escalated across the last month or so. The problems were simmering before that, he said. He explained there have been challenges at both Celtic Park and away grounds concerning the Green Brigade, Easter Road and Fir Park being cited. Michael Nicholson went on to insist the risks posed by some of Celtic's away fans are being brought up by opposition clubs at the pre-match meetings. The Celtic chairman, Peter Lobel, then stepped in and said conversations are ongoing with the Green Brigade and the rest of the supporters, while confirming that a fan advisory board is something the board are looking into despite its challenges. Uh, Michael Nicholson followed it up by saying a fan survey may be issued in the new year. And I believe there were there was applause for the Green Brigade and there was also some boos as well from the yeah. crowd. So there's mixed the feelings, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, the, the, the positive uh, thing is, is that there's dialogue um, going on and, and we're not privy to that dialogue it'll be in private and should remain in private until they, they have resolved matters one way or another how they resolve it Paul I don't know because both seem to, you know the, the Celtic board uh, are defending the club and you know, they've got to defend the football club and do what they think is right for the football club ahead of what's right for a group that's got about 300 members I believe around about that albeit they're fantastically vocal and when they sing the right songs they bring a great support uh, to Celtic Park home and away however if there have been a number of issues um, safety issues whether it be in, in opposition grounds whether it be with the EFA whether it be with the police then Celtic need to take that um, on board so we'll wait and see hopefully it can be resolved because um, like I say when they're on form they, they back the team wonderfully well and, and bring the rest of the stadium alive um, as well but as long as they stick to the the songs that the football club are telling them and the behaviour that's acceptable. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Mark, but you know, you, you can't just, it looks like as if, in a way, that they're singling Celtic and the Green Brigade out. Yes, they've got their faults. Yes, they've cost Celtic a lot of money in, in over the years in fines. But also, you have to look at other clubs. And I'm, I, I hope they are, because all the clubs will have good eggs and bad eggs in terms of what they sing in what they act I played in Scotland for five years Mark I've, I've seen it away grounds you know some of the fans and what they say and what they're chanting and the songs so I just hope that Celtic are not the only club being penalised not the only club but being looked at and it's looked at across the board because as I said other clubs fans are no angels either so they need to look at that that's a great point. And I know that at Easter Road recently when Celtic were there, the fans were not treated well. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. People close to me told me treated really badly the Celtic supporters who were well behaved and they were kept, they were penned in for a while beforehand in a narrow area. It's dangerous. Yeah, and that's so, where Celtic have got to defend their supporters absolutely. as well, um, Paul. You know, it sure. can't all be yeah. about look, looking out for, yeah. for, for people that are, that are overstepping the mat or not behaving in the appropriate way when they're representing a football club um, away from home but if there, there, there's, there's issues as well in terms of your your normal fan who's not connected to the to the Green Brigade any supporter going along to the football then it should be an enjoyable experience it should make them want to go back and it should also be, be, be value um, for money as well because we want to see football's an entertainment it should be yeah. you just wonder sometimes with the, the big Glasgow clubs and you know some people provincial clubs go oh it's terrible some of the stuff they sing yes it is but there's nothing like look at the money they pour into the game and I do hope they're well treated 
at the opposition grounds, you know, and also by the police as well. It's so important, the safety. Uh, a moment of hilarity came from Michael Nicholson, the CEO. He got the biggest cheer of the day when he was asked, what should happen if a referee and VAR misses a key decision? The chief exec replies, penalty rangers. To rapturous laughter. It's become a bit of a phrase at the moment. But to be fair, Mark or John, um, both have had six penalties, haven't they, so far this season? Rangers and Celtic. Um, a bit of levity there. Brendan Rogers was asked about Varkas Celtic, and he has been critical of it in recent times. Andrew, we have representatives from the club uh, that, that will be there. Uh, unfortunately for us, it's, it's within our training schedule and, and timing. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so they'll represent the club there. So I think it's a year where they'll assess and look at it. I've been seeing it for a few more years down south, and um, but yeah, it's something that I'll uh, I'll focus on the football. I think it's been ongoing. Yeah, I think it's been ongoing. We we have good dialogue here at the club, and and the views that get represented uh, from from Michael and, and Chris that will go are, uh, will be representative of what we think. Yeah, there's a meeting tomorrow on VAR with the SFA. Is anything going to happen? Do you think, Mark? I think it's a chance to get round the table, Paul. But you know, it's a year now since it's been brought in. Um, the SFA will have their say. The Referees Association, led, led by Crawford Allen, will have a say. And I would imagine every club will have their say about that. You know, incidents that go against football clubs, Paul, are not exclusive to Celtic and Rangers. It's because they're the biggest fan base, the biggest clubs. They, they, they kind of shout the loudest that we hear it. But every manager. Every player, every chief executive, every chairman will have a complaint um, about VAR. So it's across the board and it has to be better. It's not consistent enough. Um, it just has to be um, better. And I'm sure they'll get there. And the way to help get there is by dialogue. Yeah. I mean, there's not enough dialogue um, going on, certainly from what we hear. Um, you know, because remember, supporters want to hear why a decision was made. Why did the referee get to that to that uh, point in the game? Because they pay the money, so it's all part of the experience for them. And I think if you start or you continue to ignore supporters, you're going on a slippery slope. So remember, the dialogue that you put into the football clubs and into the media allows it to be fed out into the fans. You should never lose sight of that. Crawford Allen may be an opportunity for him to speak re regularly. Down in England, Howard Webb does... A, well, yeah. he did his yeah. broadcast last week. John, that would be good, wouldn't it? Because it's the most popular sport uh, in the country by a mile. And it'd be great yeah. to address these issues. Yeah, the, the, problem, the problem that everybody has with VAR is the inconsistency. Yeah. Because at some clubs... Um, Similar incidents happen. No, I'm not just saying it happens at Celtic Rangers, it happens at other clubs. And things are missed and things go upstairs and then they call in the wrong shots and they call in the wrong decision and everybody's looking at it and thinking, I cannot believe he's given that. Yeah. And then the following week, a similar incident will happen and, and the refs will give it. So I think when they have the meeting, I think it's the, incon it's, it's the inconsistency, is that the problem? Yeah. And they've got to give the referee more responsibility to ref the game. And unless something extraordinary happens and the ref cannot see it or is or is undecided on decision, then go to VAR. Because at this moment in time, the referee the referees are having it really easy, Paul, because yeah. they're not making decisions in the game. If there's any slight decision they're not happy about, VAR, help me out. They should be allowed to the ref of the game. And unless there's anything outrageous, any huge calls, 
then go to VAR and hope the, hopefully then they'll come to the right conclusion was it not supposed to be clear and obvious that was what it was going to be VAR yeah. would come in if it was clear and obvious yeah but, um, I mean I, I think it was at one the other night it was England Macedonia and it was Jack right. Grealish's oh, goal yeah. Yeah. he was clearly offside we yeah, could all sure. see it after yeah. one take it took the officials three minutes mm. to make up their mind I, I think there's a lot of managers and ex-managers pundits that are now saying look it's a maximum 30 seconds to a minute or three looks, three live, you know, replays, look at it and make a decision rather than this going on. And because if you have to look at something 25 times, then it can't be clear and obvious. Kevin Van Veen would love to come home. His girlfriend is expecting any time now. He doesn't seem to feature with uh, Groningen at the moment. What, five goals in 10 games? He's falling out the picture. They loved him at Motherwell. Rangers, he said, had been mentioned uh, last summer. Well, they were mentioned. Could you see Kevin Van Veen coming back? next summer into Scottish football I think he'd probably want to come back in, in, in January Paul again it would depend on what Groningen are willing to do because he, he would have come back to Holland for, for a really good contract so you know the wages that he's on probably out with four maybe five clubs in this country that they wouldn't be able to touch him so it depends how much of a, of a willingness there is from Groningen to help him get out the door uh, in January but I'm sure he would love to come back to Scotland can score goals for fun um, here he uh, was a brilliant uh, player for Motherwell for a couple of seasons was excellent um, last season and I'm not surprised that Rangers um, looked him I think Groningen got him for was it in the region about yeah. 400 grand or something like that so um, yeah it was. Uh, I, th I think that was good value all day long John would that be worth the punt for Rangers in January bring him in well, I think I get him on 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 yep. on the wages that that he'd require. They might get him, you know, on a, on a full time basis. It all it all depends, you know, what the situation is. If Groningen are, 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 are almost um, accepting the fact that he's allowed to go out on loan, he's obviously not playing very well at the minute. And whether they think that form can turn around for the remainder of his contract, if he's not playing very well, I'm sure they'd listen to offers for him. You know, even now, but. The wording is used at six or seven clubs, top clubs that have uh, have inquired about signing him uh, on loan in January. But you know, as I said, he, he did very well, didn't he? Here in Scotland, you just wonder. Yeah. No disrespect to Motherwell, he scored a lot of goals, so you wonder how many he'd get. You know, a Celtic or a Rangers or even the, or even a team down south. Mark, what's the latest on Ross McCausland? So he was in the Northern Ireland squad, and uh, others are circling. There's a contract we think from Rangers, but some others would like to poach him. Yeah, well, Rangers have certainly made him a, an offer, uh, Paul. They want to keep him. You know, he's a he's a bright young talent, a really good future um, in the game. And you know, we'd imagine that for Ross McCausland, it would be you know stay um, where he is. You know, he, he's making his way into the first team. He's got plenty of time to go if he wants to, if, if there's opportunities there um, to go and do it. But again, um, bearing in mind what he could be available for, um, you know, it would be money well spent for other teams if they could pick him up for, for you know, something less than half a million quid um, because of his contractual situation. But I think he'll sign at Rangers. Okay. What about, uh, we talked about Kevin Van Veen there, Ross McCausland, excellent. Mikey Johnson, see, was man of the match last night for the Republic of Ireland. Mm. Not a good night for them again. 1-1 one, one draw with New Zealand. So Stephen Kenny, not sure what his future is going to be. He could be going soon. They're saying it could be Roy Keane next and maybe Neil Lennon, your old teammate. But John, what do you think um, about Mikey Johnson himself? It's make or break time for him, isn't it? Well, Mikey Johnson, you know, um, for me... Uh, he gets opportunities, Paul, and he, he does it in fits and starts. Some games, 
you know, he's, he's exceptionally quick. He gets himself into good positions. The boy can play. There's no doubt that he has talent. But how many opportunities do you give this lad before you say, look, not quite here, son. We're going to have to, you know, look somewhere else because I don't think there's a regular berth here for you. I've got other very good players, not to say that Mikey Johnson's not good. So I think, personally, I think the writing's on the wall for Mikey Johnson. I think Brendan Rodgers, he's given him several opportunities. Neil Lennon did the same. But for me, he's never really held down a 15-20 game run where he's been really, really outstanding. And all of a sudden you're thinking, I've got to keep this player. I cannot let this player go. I don't think that's the mindset of, of the managers that have come in lately. He hardly kicked the ball under Ange. Mm. So for me, um, as I said, you know, it's not nice for him, but I'm trying to tell it as it is. Yeah. I, I think he might be one of the players that um, that Sadik love to get rid of. Mark? Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a very talented footballer. Mm. But um, I think that Celtic are looking for, for an upgrade in terms of where they want to go, what they want to do um, every year. Mikey Johnson's been terrific for Republic Ireland the past couple of games. So I'm sure he'll have really good options. He's out of contract in the summer. So he either waits uh, and goes for nothing or Celtic look to try and get a couple of quid for him in January. SPFL is round the corner. You can call John Hartson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show, Wednesday evening. Two days, 21 hours <laughs> and half 30 minutes three before sleeps. we get back to the games at the oh, weekend. Three sleeps, three yeah, sleeps. three sleeps, that's yeah. it. St Mirren against Livingston, Ross County under new, um, I almost said ownership, new manager, but a name that we know well, Derek Adams. Hearts against St Johnson, Dundee against Tebbs and Celtic against Motherwell. They're all at three on Saturday. So there'll be, I think, big crowds, people desperate to get back. Yeah. And then Sunday, high noon, it's only Aberdeen against Rangers. One of the biggest games in the I league I love that I yeah. great yeah. Paul great yeah. games you know, you know obviously there's a big one at Celtic Park 60,000 Celtic Motherwell Motherwell what is it 8 or 9 yeah, without nine. a win they're only nine. yeah so yeah. Stuart Keto he'll have a, a task for him on Saturday Celtic looking to go 11 points clear um, of Rangers so that's a big incentive there Hearts and Johnston at Tynecastle, Craig Levine going back to Hearts, a club that he managed twice, so a real good, um, good charity, story in yeah. there. Derry Adams um, up against, um, back at Ross County, up against Kilmarnock, and then St Mirren looking to bounce back from the, the, the heavy defeat. Um, at the D. And for Livingston, bottom of the table, Paul, not often that happens. I think five or six defeats in a row, whatever it may be. So a real cracker um, of a game uh, in Paisley. And of course, the one that everybody's waiting for on, on Sunday afternoon, Aberdeen v Rangers. Aberdeen in the back of a 6-0 spanking at Celtic Park. Rangers, last time they played each other, lost 3-1 at Ibrox. Michael Beale was sacked 24 hours um, later. And Rangers probably going to get into that game 11 points behind Celtic, albeit two games in hand. So it's vital that they win that game. John, you miss... I mean, you loved your international career as well. Mm. You love your country and your adopted country, Scotland. Yeah. But there's something about getting back to the meat and drink, the actual league football, isn't it? Yeah, well, a lot yeah. of the supporters don't like the international break. Some managers like it because they can give their players a little bit of a breather, um, get one or two players back on the training field, work work with some players so that they're ready to step up. Um, but 
in terms of the fans, they're like they just want to. They miss the football. They they miss yeah. the nitty gritty Scottish Premiership every week. Um, but yeah, you know, listening to Mark there, Aberdeen um, Rangers are in good form, so they'll be feeling good about themselves. Although they'll realise that Aberdeen always give them a good game yeah. up at Pitodry. Um, but Barry, Barry always says your old mate or your new mate now mm. Barry Ferguson and he said that to you the other week he loved going to Pataudry though yeah. you know it's a great game did you love going there? I loved going to Ibrox yeah. that was yeah. our big game I loved I got fed up of scoring against Rangers at one stage but you know you, you got to look at you got to look at Aberdeen it's, it's you know it's one of the most intimidating when the Celtic or Rangers go there it's fuller you know they have a bigger crowd than what they would normally have against other teams mm. no disrespect Aberdeen play like supermen because they want to beat you. It's generally, it's on television. The game is always spoken about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there were certain stadiums, you know, um, Tynecastle yeah. was yeah. very much the same. But saying that, we always had a, a decent record against Hearts. So, yeah, you know, we go back and talk about the fans, you know, banned from the stadiums, Ibrox and Celtic Park. The game is about the supporters yeah. and, and the, the more you've got in there, the bigger the atmosphere, you know, the better the game. Yep, the international break is over. Brendan Rogers was asked uh, what was happening then for him and for the team during the break. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of recovery, a little bit of rest, a bit of work. Um, some of the players played in the testimonial game up in Dundee in the first week so uh, and obviously then been preparing this week. So um, obviously just you're always hoping and praying all your... Your internationals come back safe and well and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting started again. Yep, getting started against Motherwell on Saturday. Mark mentioned that they could go 11 points clear but they're up against the Motherwell team who beat them last season, didn't they, at the end? It, albeit it was after the title was wrapped up. Yes, Brendan Rogers speaking about the team, the level, the form, a few it's things. It's always going to be a challenge. It, it doesn't come into, you don't come into any season here Celtic and it gets easier. You know, the, the Champions League is the very highest level of European football and, and what you find at that level Level is the the attacking players, the forward players, as good as you'll come across. So uh, that that's always a challenge. I think if I look domestically, we we, we clearly should have had thirteen out of thirteen wins. You know, the two games that we've drawn, we could have won, but we didn't. But we learned from them. And I think from a Champions League perspective, I think there's a narrative around. I just sense a little bit around the uh, the overall start. But I think the players have been fantastic in the Champions League. We uh, if you take away that that second half. Uh, against uh, Atletico Madrid, the, the players have been very, very good. The players have been excellent. They've been getting better each performance. You know, very coordinated. You see the spirit in the team, and and in the Champions League and the other games, we've been really competitive. Even we find or we nine men. So, uh, so I uh, I understand where we're at. It's it's a level where you need to have quality, of course, and experience. But experience also comes from gaining experience and. Um, but but there's no doubt we want to uh, we want to be stronger going forward over the coming uh, over the coming seasons here. That was one of the big drivers to come back. Mark a Mark is on saying um, what about the quip about Jota came up today. He's obviously he's not wanted uh, in Saudi with his club suggestions. He could go to Newcastle under the new rules, the relaxation. Uh, could he be coming back to Celtic? Uh, I, I think that would be unlikely. Um, Paul, I think now, um, again, um, you know, Jota, the, the wages that, that he'd be earning, um, I think it would be more natural that you would see him, you know, go abroad somewhere or go to to England uh, also as well. Celtic have, 
they've bought Palmer, they've yep. bought Yang, yep. they've bought yep. wide players. So what do you want to do? You want to bring Jota back and you know hamper those. Now, listen, the difference may be at the moment Celtic have a healthy lead. There's a game at home to Rangers on December the 30th. Now, the difference may well be come January when the fixture's finished on, on January the 2nd for the winter break. If for some reason the title race happens to be neck and neck, there's maybe an argument for Ben and Roy to say, look, we can't mess about here. We are potentially jeopardising the richest title in Scottish football history because of the new Champions League format. So it's worth fortunes. So under that circumstance, he might say, can we get Jota? Let's go and try and get him. If, if Celtic win, if they beat Rangers at the end of the month and say the gap ends up at 9-10 points, Paul, uh, get into the winter break, then you know I think you stick with what you've got but try and get a couple of proper signings not loans not like a jot on loan try and get your your, your January signings like they did a couple of years ago they got Maeda and yeah. they got Hatati and they got O'Reilly and proper signings gave them six months to go and you know have a right good crack at it that would be my strategy for January John? Well I think the supporters would, would definitely uh, like to see it happening it's just whether the club can structure the deal or um Let's not forget how, how good he was. You know, under Rans, we got him on loan from Benfica, a young lad, not very, not much experience, uh, not many first team appearances for Benfica. And he came into the club and he was absolutely terrific. You know, he was a huge part of what Hans Postacoglu did. Five trophies at second, in, six in the first two years. Paid what went in for him, made him uh, a permanent deal. I think he was, what, seven, seven or eight million, I think it was. And they got twenty five million pounds back for him. That's the impact that he made. Um, personally, I I can't see it happening like Mark. But um, if there's a deal there and the clubs get together and Jota wants to come back and the club want him to come back, you talk about um, the likes of Palmer and Yang and one or two others. But the impact Jota made, mm. let's not forget, you know. But you know, he's he's gone to Saudi. You know, he's not enjoying it. He's not playing regular. Um, I can't see it happening, but I think the supporters, that would be one that would excite the fans. Brendan Rodgers was asked afterwards about, you know, how much would they pay? They're talking about the kind of money Celtic could pay in this inflated transfer market that uh, that they operate in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone thinks that, you know, if you pay nine, ten million pounds, that that guarantees you the quality. It's not always the case. But but there are certain levels that... uh, if if a player is there that you want to be able to do that, so um, so that's something that we that we look at. Mark, oh, Paul it gives you a better chance. So you know, like like we mentioned at the top of the program, not every two million pound signing has been a Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we can go to um, oh. Uh, Dembele. Yeah, Dembele. Yeah. Dembele as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, four hundred thousand twenty odd million. You know, but, yeah. The ones that they have spent, so John's just, we've just been speaking about one that costs seven million quid. Jota, Catler Vickers, seven million. Mm. Edward, record signing, nine million. Now, there's no guarantees uh, of any player, but it gives you a better chance. And, and what I think Brendan Rodgers, I would imagine, is saying behind the scenes, at least you would like to think that he's saying it, uh, when you can clear here that, that he's, you know, he's had a belly full of the project, sign- project signings, and rightly so. Um, I want a couple of ready-made players. I want to keep what we've got to try and kick on next year because I don't want to be going away from home and losing six nothing. I don't want to be going through a, a Champions League campaign potentially no winning a game. So 
let's go and try and find players a couple of players at 7, 8, 9, 10 million quid yeah. the money's there to go and do it I think the word we're all looking for is is proven you know if you buy a player that, is, uh, that has played 200 games maybe in the Premier League and, and he's been very very good he, he, you know he's raised the profile of that club he's raised the 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 performance of himself at a particular club then you almost then do get a guarantee because players have proven that they can score they can play they can't make they can make tackles they can get up and down you know things like this whereas if you sometimes are buying players young players two and a half million fifteen hundred uh, sorry one point five million two point five million you're not always guaranteed that they can be coached and that they'll be they'll they'll you know they'll turn out better players. But when you are paying eight, nine, seven, ten million for a player, you'd like to think you're getting getting a proven player that could go and perform for you. Who was the best value they got in recent years? Obviously they've talked there, what was it, two million for Van Dyke, and they got twelve million plus add-ons then. So he went for twelve, yeah. didn't he? When, to when Southampton. Ya- when Yama yeah. was when great Yama. business at around about oh. two, Fraser Foster was great yeah. business for about two, Gary Hooper was great business run about two Frimpong was great mm-hmm. business well, he was amazing was that yeah. 12 million he went for yeah, yeah. But, but Paul what's the common denominator all those signings are about 10-12 years ago apart from Frimpong, apart from Frimpong. Okay. so when you look more, more, more recently yeah so Ed, Edward um, three years ago he left um, before him Dembele yeah. left but again I'll say it again that's not to highlight a negative but Celtic's dealings in the transfer market the past two or three windows have not been good enough apart I, from Alistair sorry. Johnston yep it's not been great. Sorry. And I I know is now a couple of years ago, Christie, I'm just thinking of the money that came in, but I take your point because yeah. they were bought a couple of years before that. And it's the model that Rangers said last year, they have to have this model as well. It's got to be the way. Sporting yeah. talent must be the, one of the most important things, John, in a football club. And I say that to you as a brilliant striker. You know, you need a great striker, but finding the talent, look at the money. That, and Celtic not the only ones, you know, the goalkeeper, Barkas, didn't, just didn't work out for him. Yeah. I mean, he came in COVID. Some yeah, you, seen him. You, you're not always yeah. going to get everyone right, yeah. Paul. You know, recruitment officer, managers, you know, there will be one or two that, that, that desperately go wrong, but you hope that, you hope that the ones who have, who have come good for you you know, will make up for the ones that sometimes, you know, don't quite work. But going back to what you're saying there about value for money, the best one ever for me was Kieran Tini. He cost the club absolutely nothing. Mm. I think Arsenal had him at the time for cheap. Yeah. I think 25 million for world, for class left backs. For me, 25 million cost the club nothing. One of their academy boys came yeah. through the system mm. and they get 25 million for him. I, I believe that was cheap at the time. When you think of the lads uh, came through at Rangers, went to Everton. Yeah, Patterson. The, the, the right yeah, back, yeah, yeah Patterson. Yeah. I think uh, I think Everton paid eighteen yeah. million for him. But if you look at the difference between what what Keeney had achieved in terms of Champions League appearances and everything else, you know, he goes for twenty five. But I genuinely yeah. think that is probably one of the best bit of business. Although um, at the at that particular time, I think Kieran made it clear that he, that, that he wanted to go down south, he wanted to try something else, and then it, the money comes in and Salik just go, it, it blows everything out the water, 25 million, doesn't it? And there was a ceiling, wasn't there, Mark? That's the trouble. I mean, 25 million was at the top of that. It was the biggest ever, I think, yeah. for a young Scottish player, whereas you look at the guy who came from Brighton, uh, Cucurella, went to 60 Chelsea. million, I know. the left back. What? And yeah. he's, he's on the bench. I mean, Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers yeah. sold um, Ben Chilwell. Ben yeah. Chil- yeah. um, huh. 
from Leicester to Chelsea, fifty million Quinto. as well. Fifty. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I agree it? with John when you when you yeah. reflect on it. You know, Tierney was incredible piece of evidence, given his de- debut by Ronnie Dyla and John Collins, and then you know really kicked on under Brendan um, Rodgers. So yeah, f- fantastic business. Yes. And Neil Lennon, by the way, uh-huh. bringing in Virgil Van Dijk for yeah. just over two million. That, that man got got sold. For seventy-five million pounds from Southampton to Liverpool, made him the most expensive defender in the world, and we once had him for for two million pound transfer. That that is spotting a bit of talent. That was incredible. Do you think in time the Celtic fans will maybe they have already because Neil Lennon had so much success along with ten, you ten as a player, ten titles. He, yeah, you won at Celtic, and as a manager, as a manager as well, and player, a couple of trebles. Yeah, I think it is. I think in time, and it was the COVID time, and. You know, they want ten in a row. They thought yeah, was going to happen. And it didn't. Do you know what, Paul? Yeah. I've been around yeah. Neil. Neil does some of the Champions League games, uh-huh. and, and, I, yeah. and I see him before and everything else. And do you know what? I think he is now. I, th- I think the fans have almost gone. Well, do you know what? It was a poor season. Everybody had their mm-hmm. say, um, but I think now in the cold light of day, people go well. Neil Lennon was a Celtic great, and he'll always be a Celtic great. And just for that poor season. You know, and, and I've been around it. I've been at Celtic Park with him. And do you know what? The fans I've had it around with, with me and Neil, they've showed him nothing but respect. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! It's Paul Cooney with John Hartson and Mark Guidi talking about, well, a number of football topics and looking forward to the weekend. Uh, we'll have more from Rangers tomorrow who'll be previewing, I would imagine, Aberdeen against Rangers. It's Celtic. It's uh, the manager, Brendan Rogers speaking today after the AGM, which I think we've given you some of the headlines from today. And, yeah, just looking at some of the issues. Um, Ross Desmond, son of Dermot Desmond, the majority shareholder, he insists that Dermot will never sell his stake in the club to, well, it was a session about Saudi. So he didn't mention Saudi, but all the money coming into the club, but saying that no matter where it's from, that he couldn't see his father selling the interest in it. Um, you had met him many times, John? Yes, yeah. I have, yeah. I, I spoke to him, actually, the, the day that I arrived yeah. um, up at Celtic, and all right, albeit it was on the phone. But I, I've seen him many a times after Champions League games. They used to come into the dressing room and... He'd bring Eddie Jordan in and Paul McGinley. I remember seeing there once oh, yeah. the, you On know, the, 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 the golf for the Ryder Cup captain at Glen Eagles. I think he was. Paul did so well. well done. Proper Celtic man and uh, Billy Connolly, Rod. They, they'd all be in there, but obviously They're Dermot Desmond used to yeah. pop his head in as well. Um, Dermot yeah. Desmond and. Uh, Great man, always very uh, sociable and used to like to have a chat, yeah. See, when you said you spoke to him the day, I thought he arrived with a big bag of money for Big Bad John Hartson. Well, it's a big bag of money, Paul, you know. <laughs> More of a suitcase, I think. <laughs> Other headlines today. Well, it's really looking forward to the weekend and the games coming up after the international break. Overall, for Scotland, we're through. We know it and we'll know a week on Saturday where we're going to be and last night we were speculating we're in pot three which actually looks pretty good rather than mm, pot two Stephen well. Rasaid yeah. said that the other week yeah. Uh, yeah. it looks pretty good and we said last night who is going to win this tournament the favourites France or England oh I mean I, I would I would just have France edging it um, Paul um, you know Mbappe and, and all those kind of guys you know Griezmann um, but England I would never rule um, England out I mean, here again you know Gareth Southgate getting a hard time after um, yeah. drawing um, yeah. one each the other night. I think you 
just come on. They've already qualified, you know. Cam, yeah. Cam down. It's incredible pressure. I don't know how he puts up. I, th- I think he'll go in the summer, whether they win the tournament or not. I think um, Gareth, uh, Gareth um, Southgate yeah. will go. It's big money, is though, isn't it? It's like a ten million pound uh, job there, John. For you, quick word on Wales because it's been a vintage period but not this tournament. Do you think you could still qualify? So I was saying earlier, Finland, mm. yeah. uh, Iceland, the Ukraine. The problem with Wales, Paul, um, they lost, they only took um, one point from Armenia. They lost and they got a point. Uh, obviously, they took four points off Croatia, but um, never quite managed to do it. I think Croatia and Turkey have finished first and second. But even if they had won last night against Turkey, Croatia won against Armenia at home so that's took yep. them through so even that's if they right. won they'd finish yeah. more points but they still would have been in the yeah. same position in third so yeah go into a playoff um, get prepared mm. organise the team um, as I said they've had some really really good results in the group with Croatia uh, got a point with Croatia away from home as well so again they've not been consistent enough but Finland over two legs and then it's potentially Poland so you know tough games but they're not Huge countries in terms mm-hmm. of a Spain or a Germany or a France, where you fear them. You would yeah. you wouldn't go into Finland and Poland, you know, in fear. So they they obviously feel good about themselves, but it's two games against mm-hmm. Finland, and then obviously then they got to try and get through. But they've got they've got a second bite at the cherry, if you like, with the playoff. And Mark for Scotland, we're uh, on the charm offensive with England. I'm not sure if it's going to work. I mean, Anthony Gordon is he not going to be snapped up? He's only 22. You'd imagine that he will get a full cap. I don't know. Maybe he will come to Scotland. Could it happen? Well, I think yeah, there's there's two friendlies in March, mm-hmm. um, Paul. So Anthony Gordon, Harvey Barnes, yeah. Lever Amento. You know, there's been four or five players mentioned that haven't yet been capped by Scotland that that, that also qualified to play for other countries, including England. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's a commitment, it would need to be in March ahead of those friendlies. Um, other than that, then I think you 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 go with what you've got. Um, but listen, you'd like to think he's having conversations with the greatest respect to the current squad. If there's players out there that you can feel can improve the squad and want to be a part of it, then go and get them. Now look, for example, Scott McTominay yeah. was eligible Amazing. to play for England. Yeah. It was at Man United. England wanted them. Scotland wanted them. Alec McLeish made a personal visit. Jose Mourinho was manager of Man United and told him to go and play for Scotland. And look at that. So... Yeah. If we can have another couple of Scott McTominays out there, Lyndon Dykes could have played for Australia, Che Adams could have played for England. Go and get these guys. But don't don't wait to the last minute until the day before you're announcing the squad in May. If they want to be a part of it, get them in now. I think Scotland have done very well. You know, winning yeah. five games out of five in the almost got them, got it done. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. proper consistency. They beat some really good teams in that run. Um although Stevie Clark wanted to finish it the last two games. Yeah. Um you know, they've, they've done very well in them games as well. But um, I think Scotland, they go, they got momentum, they they got confidence. And I think I think they'll do okay in the Euros, I really do. Alison's on, a big Rangers fan, saying, what about uh, Ridvan Yilmaz? Is he really going to go? There's interest in him, Philippe Clement, I think. We think there's... Uh, He's going to be speaking to him soon. There's other options coming in. Now, we've been saying it all week about different players. It's International Week. People fly some kites, Mark. What do you think on this one? Hey, I have two ways of looking at it, Paul. Bearing in mind, Borna Barisic is out of contract mm-hmm. in the summer. So, uh, are you going to let uh, Yilmaz go if you're losing Barisic as well? So, listen, I think if you thought that Barisic was staying, going to sign a new deal, I would look at... Uh, 
letting Yilmaz go who could get you the most money in the market uh, perhaps you get a few quid back for for Yilmaz because he was expensive was he not yeah, f- yeah I think just under five so if you can get some money in there because Philippe Clement depends what kind of budget he's got and I don't think to be perfectly honest I don't think he'll have a huge budget in January really need a wheel and deal might be mm. the loan market um, so if he can raise a couple of quid by selling one or two um, uh, that he's currently got um, then Yilmaz may well be one of them John have you seen much of him I mean, we haven't seen an awful no, lot of because him he's a, yeah. you know, sure. I, I think um, yeah. I think Barisic has been the one hasn't he yes. that's been chosen by Michael mm. Beer and Philip Clement in, in recent times and you just wonder whether whether um, they think he's good enough mm-hmm. or whether they think he's not he's not worth the five million that we've spent in it. Because if he was good enough, he'd be playing, wouldn't he? Yeah, sure. You know, he's not he's not playing Barisic for for sentimental mm-hmm. reasons. Sure. He's playing him because he he's the best left back at the club. You know, so for me, if he's not a regular, unless unless they want two right backs who, who can you know who can compete for that. But if Barisic is out of contract, I can maybe see them signing Barisic back on. Barisic's back on if Rangers have a really good season they're going well in, in the Europa League he's still playing for his country yeah. Croatia Croatia as well good, why, why would they want you know unless unless they have plans for uh, for um, the, what was it called again Vilmaz yeah so for me yeah. I just think that is he good enough right now or, or, or is he or is he going to raise a bit of money by selling him I'll tell you what they have we mentioned it last night they've got a good goalkeeper haven't they Jack Butland yeah. Yeah. Rangers have done well there John you're impressed with excellent. the, big, the oh, big keeper he's been yeah. excellent and I think Paul most successful teams mm. you know it's not rocket science I think most teams that have got a really good goalkeeper they're the, they're the ones who generally win things um not to say that Rangers are going to win things, but with a goalkeeper of his quality, they've got a better chance of winning things. You know, we could say that about about yep. McGregor mm-hmm. when he was in there and one or two others. But I think Butland is uh, he's been exceptional since he's come. He's made big, big saves. And you look at it over the years, Mark. You know, good keepers are, are vital to a successful team. Yeah, oh, there's there's no doubt. You know, if you go back to, to the turn of this millennium, um, you know, there's been. Alan McGregor um, at Rangers there's mm. been Jack Butler I think they've had brilliant goalkeepers Celtic have had Fraser Foster um, they've had Craig Gordon um, at the moment they've got, they've got Joe Hart and I think Joe Hart's been a brilliant goalkeeper um, for Celtic you know Rangers had Stefan Kloss they had Andy Gorham so they've been brilliant goalkeepers um, for sure Callum's on asking who's going to be the Scotland goalkeeper we've, we've talked about it last night we're moving away from the international but it's still really important Craig Gordon back in training, double leg break, but uh, he could be back. Could you see him back in the squad? Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, um, Paul, just for his, his experience. And even if um, Steve Clark says to uh, Craig Gordon, listen, at the moment you're going to the tournament, but you're going as a number two, Craig Gordon would have been throwing the, the, the toys at the pram. He would accept that because he's a good professional. And I think he'd be, he'd be there and he'd give good guidance to whoever if it's going to be Angus Gunn. Uh, but I said in the programme the other night, there's five yeah. goalkeeper, though Steve McGinn's. Um, mentioned another uh, candidate uh, last night so there's maybe six goalkeepers three places um, up for grabs I think Angus Gunn is his number one isn't he yes. he was his number one for a long time before yeah, obviously the injury the yeah. injury if 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 he makes it through and he plays some games before the Euros I think it'll be Angus Gunn I, th- I think um, Stevie Clark has already showed that for sure. What do you think? Give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Scotland under 21's mark. It was nil-nil with Hungary. Ben Doak, penalty. Missed yeah. just late in the game. He's such a brilliant young player. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was. I was surprised um, yeah. when I read that that Ben Dot had missed a penalty. You'd expect them to turn them away. They're giving them another good victory in the back of beating Belgium, um, the Scotland under twenty ones. Um, but still, you know, a point on the road and, and um, you know one another night. It's not. Uh, it's, it's been a good. Um, it's been a good couple of weeks for Scott Game on the players. You can join the conversation in the next hour with John Hartson and Mark Guidi at Goal Football Show, or you can give us a call. You know the number 0808 17 17 700. The news is next. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Mayhem in the Maracanã last night. Argentina were in town up against Brazil. Terrible scenes. Many of you will have seen them on YouTube or on the news. And Mark, it, it was absolutely terrible. And the Argentinian players went over to the fans because they saw some of their, their own families and friends potentially being attacked. But the yeah. police, it was a horrible situation. You've seen some of the footage. Yeah. It, awful. Yeah, it was... Um... It was really, really unsavoury, um, Paul, what, what was taking place uh, last night uh, in the Maracanã, uh, Brazil losing the, the game, which was unusual, but the, obviously the headlines have been the uh, the fighting between the fans, the police getting involved, and you just don't don't like to see it. I mean, Lionel Messi's coming out and making a statement, uh, you know, um, condemning it, and also there could have been very easily, could have been fatalities, then, you know, we need to be very, very careful. We do indeed. If you get any calls for John Hartson, any questions, or for Mark Guidi, you know the number 0808 17 17 700. John, you played for quite a time in English football as well. You started there, you finished yeah. up there as well. What about the Everton 10-point deduction over the financial fair play? And I see news today that other clubs who were relegated of uh, time, how many days have they got? 25 days. 28 days. 28 days to appeal. John, what do you make of, first of all, the... The, the 10 point deduction well a, a lot of the supporters and the Everton hierarchy are disgusted with it really I think they think it's uh, one it's uh, it's too much I don't think they expected uh, 10 points um, that puts them right down I think it's fourth or fifth bottom again uh, and I think there's a there's going to be an appeal I think but what it does is as well Paul it just might bring other clubs into the fray. You know, as Everton, as this um, points deduction, as it opened up a can of worms, because you know, if they're investigating Everton's spending and wrongdoings, then surely they've got to look at other clubs. Mark, what's your take on it? It's got a long way to run, Paul. It's going to get very, very messy, and it's going to be, you know, legally, um, you know, a lot of clubs are going to get involved. I think there's five clubs: um, Burnley, Sheffield United, clubs that have been relegated. Um, clubs that potentially were relegated a year or two ago um, that feel that they, they shouldn't have been um, because Everton should have had that points deduction sooner than what, what it's been received. So uh, it's a legal minefield. Manchester City are still being investigated, 105 or 115 yeah. charges against them. Chelsea investigation into Chelsea's ongoing. And then you look at the English FA down the road, Paul. Jermaine Defoe's transfer yeah, from uh, Spurs to Portsmouth in 2008 um, reopened mm -hmm. you know been looked at again now I don't know if retrospective action can be taken 15 years um, later but it's very very interesting when that kind of thing happens it sure is who's the manager Harry 
unlicensed agent was involved in the deal that sort of thing back to this weekend back to the football SPFL on Saturday biggest game of the day is Celtic against Motherwell here's the Celtic manager speaking about the opposition yeah I just think it's the it's it's the league there's a number of teams in that sort of position I think we had a uh, we had a really good game against them and, and Stuart's a, an excellent young coach who's who's developing the style there um, and like I said I thought the uh, I thought the when I seen them play they were very well coached and they worked very hard so um, so for us we, we will give them that respect we come back after an international break we have to very quickly get the team synchronised again and uh, and start off where we left off uh, in our last home game so um, but we'll prepare for a, a tough game but our focus very much on working how we want to and we'll come to the Celtic potential lineup in a moment or two Mark it's um, hard to believe isn't it nine games without a win for Motherwell after a great end to last season and the early part of this term yeah they, they, you know they're really good start um, Paul you know Stuart Kitty will manage to get them to to kick on again despite the fact that they lost Kevin Van Veen um, you know they, they looked really bright um, early stages of the season you thought you know, I think we were all talking about Motherwell being top yeah. six and by the way that can still sure. happen long way to go but yeah they're in a they're in a rut um, they can't seem to, to get a win but I still think there's plenty of spirit about the place Paul um, they were two goals down to, to Ross County managed to get back and get a draw I think they were two goals down at uh, Perth against St Johnson recently managed to fight back and get a draw so it's not like the players are chucking it it's not like they've switched off they don't want to play for the manager they're just going through one of those spells that Paul are saying in this programme all the time out with Celtic and Rangers every one of the teams will go through a spell at least once if not twice a season look at the records just now mm-hmm. Ross County sacked Malcolm Mackay without yeah. a win in nine games Livingston five or six defeats in the trot Motherwell so they all go through it and it's just you need to get out of it as quickly as possible because if you don't then the manager faces a potential the risk of losing his job St Johnson a few weeks before as well yeah, and they've absolutely. managed to move up but there's um, you could throw a blanket over them couldn't you Livy on the bottom on 10 then Ross County on 10 St Johnson on 11 and then Aberdeen on 12 along with Motherwell Hibs on 15 Kilmarnock on 16 and we're top 6 now Dundee on 17 along with Hearts on 17 and then on 19 St Mirren Rangers on 27 with a game in hand uh, and 35 is Celtic John it's going to be for Motherwell you know good club you always love playing there Mm. the pitch is brilliant now we keep saying this Um, it's a funny thing isn't it though when you start to lose though um, how how do you break that cycle I know the answer is winning but going to Celtic's not going to be easy no, and unfortunately, I think their bad run will continue at the weekend. I know Brendan Rodgers, you, you know, he, you know, managers like to see good things about other managers mm. before they play them. Um, but there'll be uh, there'll be a real focus from Celtic, in particular after drawing the home game against St. Johnson. I don't think they will allow that to happen again um, in terms of you know drawing that game. Celtic at home, Paul, in terms of. The players they've got and the internationals and the talent and the quality. Um, no disrespect, they face a team like Motherwell who've not won a game in what nine games. That'll be a travesty if they don't get three points there. And and obviously they've got that they've got that added um if they get a result mm. 
on Saturday. You know, it happens. Rangers play on a Saturday, yeah. get the win. Saturday play on the Sunday. You can just put that added little pressure on Rangers going to Aberdeen, where you can just steer the little mm-hmm. march a bit. Even it might be just for twenty four hours. But I can't. I can't see um, past selling one. The form that Motherwell are in, and obviously the form that Celtic are in. I can only see a win there. It's another big boost about uh, being in the Champions League, isn't it? Because you play Tuesday or Wednesday and then you play the Saturday, unless it's TV game on the Sunday. Whereas if you're in the Europa League, then you've got Thursday and Sunday. Here's Brendan Rodgers' injury update ahead of the games coming back on Saturday. Well, we're still waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting on some to come back to lose Palmer and Ali Johnson won't be back until Friday. So, uh, But they, they've the other guys have come back well, obviously. Uh, the, the guys have played domestically and, and for for Scotland fine and and the others yeah fine so um, so yeah so not nothing injury wise at this moment in time to report and for no word on Leal Abada that is going to be I think January at the earliest Mark yeah it's a sore one you know Leal Abada has really become a, an integral part of of lots of good things at Celtic he's now an accomplished first team um, performer. Uh, but thankfully for Celtic's point of view Lewis Palmer has been a real find you know I forgot to mention him earlier when we talked about signs that have been successful I would already put Lewis Palmer in that successful bracket Paul yeah. even even after three months there's no doubt he looks apart a big time player willing to learn willing to be coached uh, by Brendan Rodgers and his staff including Harry Kuehl so he's really filled the void left by, by Leila Bader because that was a big, big hope we fill. It sure was. bit more, the manager was asked about uh, January and what are the plans to strengthen the squad? No, we always know what we want. I think the, the, the plan, when we sat down in the summer, we understood what, where we were at and of course some players then move on that you maybe don't expect to. Um, we're also aware of the Asian Cup so nothing surprises us. We, we, we know where we're at. It's just now about the, the availability and for me it's now about getting players in that are uh, going to improve us and, and be better than what we have and uh, that's something that's important we've got a lot of young players that are there to develop and grow um, but you also need players for the present and that's uh, that's what we look at I'm going to ask both of you you know what I'm going to ask you where do they need to improve in January where are they going to strengthen Hey, where do they need strengthen? Uh, yeah, I think they're probably looking at the left back area. I think Bernabeu can can go. They can move him on. He's not going to cut it. Um, I think they're probably looking at, at a number nine, uh, and perhaps I'm not sure, but perhaps a a, a real dominant, hard um, central um, midfielder. Perhaps looking at something um, like that as well. But again, the message there is clear, Paul from Brendan Rodgers I want players that are going to come in and improve the team we've got enough kids that we want to develop we need ready made players to improve the team it's a clear message by the manager it was clear when the window closed at the end of August and it's clear again just now going into this window I've got enough projects in my hand give me better players John yeah I agree with Mark certainly on on the point about um, about Taylor Uh, I, I think sometimes um you need a bit of cover yeah. at left back. Um, and Bernamy, you don't think is going to be that cover? He's okay again, but Mark, I, I just think if good players become available, then I think Celtic should be in for them. You know, yeah. you talk about targets and things like this, but it's difficult to to, to label, you know to to target certain positions. I think if good quality players that Brendan thinks, oh, he's got a little bit about him, he can play in my team. 
He can maybe go into the central areas. He can maybe go wide, play off the front. Um, you know, if she's a centre forward that's got a good record, maybe in the championship or, you know, in in foreign other leagues like like we got. Um, uh, last, no, not Kyogo, yeah. the Sorry. boy we sold. Uh, Sorry. Um, oh, Giacomacchus. Giacomacchus. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah, like sure. that only cost 2.5 million yep. from the Eredivisie mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from a team that actually got relegated. Mm-hmm. So we picked up a gem there. You know, That's so true. I just. Top scorer. Yeah, I yeah. just think that good players um, can yeah. fit into any system, in, in my opinion. So the most important thing is that they bring some players in. And they, they lose some players as well, the ones that are completely on the fringes. And Brendan don't see them getting back in the team long term. And and I just feel they need some players for the rest of the dressing room because when new players arrive, everything so it, it lifts up a notch or two in terms of the players you've got. You know, so um and of course they've got a drive on in the second half of the season yeah. with Rangers playing so well now as well. And you heard them saying that the Asian Cup is no surprise to them. Mm. I wonder what's up his sleeve about a striker because Kyogo will be away, Maeda will be away, Or will be away. Um, so they're going to need somebody. I wonder yeah. if it's Sidney Van Hoydonk. It's yes. not going away. Yeah. It's not going away. He would appear to be surplus to requirements. Mm. At, uh, at Bologna, there's always a history there with, with, with his dad who was a wonderful player for Celtic. He's at a great age. Um, you know, he's on the verge of of um, being more involved with the Dutch national teams he'll be looking to get a move to try and force his way into that squad particularly with the Euros um, coming up next summer and if the fee uh, is ballpark £5 million roughly um, Celtic can do that all day long and I think he's 23 maybe 24 um, yeah. so yeah why not you've got to go and look at it John, did you come up against Pierre Van Hoydonk when after, when you? I were think I might have South? played yeah. him when he was at yeah. when he Forest, was at Forest. Forest. Yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. him yeah, and the 90, boy. Ninety-eight, him, him there, ninety-seven. I think it was yeah. Roy. I think was the other Dutch striker. Yeah. Left for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, and I yeah, remember. Sure. I think I think I came up against him once or twice for West Ham sure. or Wimbledon. But you rated him what he did at Celtic. Oh, he was class yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He was a class right? Yeah. He, he was a technician, wasn't he? A brilliant touch for for a a tall man, if you like. He was great in the air. He could. Spin on, you know, he could spin players. He was a scorer of great goals. I think he was a, he was um, he was a really really good player. But sadly, I've had good strikers over the years. Mark Vaduga was a very very good striker. Yeah, Gary yeah. Hooper, they had a few, have they? Aye, they had a few good strikers. Have they? We had a couple. Yeah, <laughs> over the years, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be vital. Yeah, but yeah. I think so. You just yeah. mentioned a point. Oh, yeah. Always going to be a Kyogo's going to be a be away, yeah. and Maeda's going to be away. So. Listen, uh, I think Celtic have to be active in that yeah. certain position. And Hatati, clearly not a striker, but he could be away as well. So it's yeah, and then he's yeah. they're also looking to nurse him back to to full uh, yes. health in terms yeah. of his, his his injury. So, yeah, that that that, and what they don't, Paul, you know, if if it does end up being tight, granted the January window, they can't take any risk. They need to go and you know really um, address that uh, situation. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 as we head towards the weekend and looking forward to the games coming up. So that's Celtic against Motherwell. We will come back to more from Brendan Rogers shortly. Hearts uh, against St. Johnson, you mentioned. Ross County, Kilmarnock, Dundee, Hebs. What about St. Mirren, Livingston, John? So St. Mirren, the surprise package probably of the first part of the season, the first four months. Third top of the table 
up against Livy at the bottom and St Mirren as you know they lost 4-0 the other yeah, week just surprise, before the break big surprise yeah. that wasn't it but obviously I know they had the, the sickness bug but uh, both teams you're a bit worried I imagine for Livy although David Martindale's record is second to none about keeping them up and taking them up the table yeah you, you, you don't want to say it's too early to say the yeah. bubble has burst you know at Livingston all them coming up and Coming through three or four games to get promoted, you know, from the from the championship, beating Partick, of course, to come into the Scottish Premiership, and having a couple of really good seasons. I think one top six finish. I think, you know, decent cup runs and things like this. So can Davy Martin deal keep keep producing magic really and miracles because they haven't got a big budget, Livingston. Do you know the? Um, one of the smallest yeah. one of the smallest yep. so David Martindale done a terrific job there since they've since they've got promoted of course he was an assistant with David Hopkin at the time sure. but you know you do worry a little bit for them because when you're at the bottom as well psychologically um, it's getting them two consecutive wins which mm. will move you away sometimes even one win is not enough but especially going up against St Mirren who will look to bounce back you know Steve uh, Stevie Robinson will want a reaction, you know, from from his players from from the from the four 0 defeat in the last game. So I can only see a Saint Mirren win. I really can, and I don't like to, you know, to go against Livingston too much because I spent about eight or nine months there. Yeah, striking coach. It's, it's a brilliant yep. club, but yep. I can think Saint Mirren will possibly just have too much. Mark, what are you thinking for your old club, Saint Mirren? Yeah, I would, I would expect them. Home advantage have been really good at home uh, this season, Paul. The punters are really buying into it, which is great to see. You know, getting big, big crowds, really generating a fantastic um, atmosphere. I, I still call it Love Street. I don't care around really? it. I call it New Love Street. <laughs> New Love Street. Yeah, but um, so that's great to see. Credit to Stephen Robinson, uh, his staff, and and the players. It's going well. I would, you know, I always don't like ruling Livingston out because you know I think they've got a great fighting spirit. But at the moment, um, I think they're a bit of trouble, Paul. Um, and good to see David Martindale bringing in Brian Rice. I think Brian Rice will be a good addition uh, to the backroom staff there. It's the Smizer Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, will yeah. we see Ryan Strain back soon? I see he was taken off after only, what, 20 minutes or so in the game the other night. So I'm looking to find out what happens to the fullback playing for Australia. Obviously, the 1-0 victory over Palestine, uh, the qualifier in Kuwait. But he limped off after what appeared to be a groin issue. So that can well we don't know yet. They'll be he's a good waiting player, to see, they want to lose him. Yeah, yeah, he's been a really good performer for them. Having a good season for him. So St. Mirren win, do you reckon? Did you yes, say? I'll go for St. Mirren. Yeah. And John, did you say Saints? St. Mirren yeah, win, I think, yeah, Saint against Livy. Okay. Saints fans, what are you thinking for the big game this weekend? We'll go through all the games shortly. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen. 700s. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! Yep, looking forward to the business show Sunday morning, Hunter and Hockey. If you haven't listened to it, get the download. It'll be good for my career. I mean, sorry, it's uh, it's really, it's excellent business. We'll find out, you know, what does the budget mean for business? Which means, what does it mean for all of us as well? So that's Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, the Go Radio business show. I almost said the football show. <laughs> yeah, well, Willie's been on a few times here on the business show and the two of them saved Hamden just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah and the National Stadium, which... You know, will there be a send-off for Scotland, Mark? Well, we're going to have some friendlies before we go to the tournament in Germany. Yeah, yeah I'm sure the SFA will look to try and get one at Hamden, um, Paul, uh, before we 
um, we head off there's also games uh, opportunity for games in, in March but it'll all be clearer once the draw is made uh, for the Euros uh, a week on Saturday in Hamburg and I would imagine the fixtures for March and the fixtures for um, May going into June um, will be decided before the, the, the end of the year Aberdeen Rangers is the only show in town on Sunday isn't it obviously the TV game on Sky Graham Shinney the Aberdeen captain has been speaking to them today and saying look we're right up for the clash with Rangers but he dismissed Chris Boyd's claim that they've added motivation in these fixtures um, he said no it's not the case that you know they enjoy the major occasions but there's definitely John there's something in that game isn't there Aberdeen Rangers that there's a real rivalry between the fans and mm. uh, the players as well yeah, it, it, it all depends how, how you look at it, Paul. But what I would say is is that at any ground, and I know mm. there's rivalry at Rangers and Aberdeen, maybe more than more so than yeah. than other mm. fixtures, but I would say, Paul, everybody wants to beat Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. Everybody wants to take our scalp. Mm. For the reasons I said earlier on, you know, it's, it's a game that normally you can make a mark in. Mm. Uh, it's huge if you can take... Because I know that the... The managers at the start of the season will target quite a few points against the other teams. But when they come up against Rangers and Celtic, I've heard other managers go, it's a bonus because almost you expect to get beat. So I wouldn't quite say, listen, there is a lot. There's a lot of needle in this game. Um, but whether or not Aberdeen try harder against Rangers than any other club, you know, I, I find that difficult. I, th I think when Celtic go there, I don't think they play any... They try harder at Rangers than they do against Celtic. And I just think every away game in Scotland, every team wants your scalp and, and, and they'll, they'll put everything into it. Mark, you know Chris Boyd well. Is he at the wind-up? It's all part of the career that he's built up well in the media by playing almost a pantomime villain. I, I don't think so, Paul. If you're on a, a platform, Sky Sports, you've, you've got to be serious. You know, there's a... There's a time like we do in this show, you, you have a laugh yeah, and a sure. joke and, and it's nice and light-hearted. And there's other times you're making a serious point and I think Chris's point is serious. And I'm sure come Sunday, when he's asked about it, when he's at Pitoji, uh, he'll be able to back up in whatever way he he feels able um, to back it up. But I don't think he would say something like that unless he's got stats to, mm. to back up what he said. What I'd say about the Aberdeen supporters is they are definitely more up for it. Mm. You know, you're never going to get a player admitting to currently playing who's going to admit to be more up for it because that's that's unprofessional. What Barry Robson and those Aberdeen players don't need at full time. Bear in mind, we've just looked at the table, the 12 points, yep. or third or fourth bottom. Um, it's 15,000 Aberdeen fans going crazy at them on the back of a 6 0 defeat at Parkhead yep. to then lose at Rangers at home, um, considering mm. they beat Rangers 3 1, um, you know, 10 weeks ago. Mm. Then Barry Robson, these players don't need that. So, Regardless of what Chris Boyd says, Aberdeen better be up for it, Paul. Mm, Otherwise, yeah. they're going to have a problem. That's really true. And I guess Chris Sutton can be the pantomime baddie as well. I mean, the two of them, you know, there's a bit of banter. You're right, some of it is for fun. But then when you read it, you wonder, is he is it tongue-in-cheek? In that case, it's not. No, I, I, I take I, your point. You, you yeah. look at what, what yeah. Chris said and how he said it, then he, he's, he was trying to make a serious point. What about Aberdeen? You know, we've mentioned the managers that have gone, you know, the Ross County manager, the St. Johnson manager. This is just in the last few weeks. So Aberdeen, um, great tributes to them for the performance in Europe. I know they're out of the Conference League, but, you know, and then you look at it and just as you say, fourth bottom of the table on 12 points, just one point ahead of St. Johnson. Um, Barry Robson, 
um, you rate him as a manager, John. He was a really good player. Started well there with the yeah. Dons. Well, Barry will know yeah. Paul more than anybody else. He has to continue. Yeah. You know, he, he got the job basically because he took over last season mm-hmm. at a difficult time, finished the season exceptionally strong, won a lot of games, um, got a lot of plaudits. The Aberdeen fans, everybody, us mm-hmm. on here said he's got to get the job. He's yeah. got to get the job. Wasn't sure if he wanted it initially. Mm-hmm. Then he put his name in the act and so when, when, they, um, when they started to win games, rightly so. This season, they've gone into Europe. They did quite well in one or two games, but eventually they're out. Mm-hmm. They're in a poor position in, in the Scottish Premiership. He'll know he needs to get out of that position um, because managers are judged on wins, basically. Not so much performances, on wins. If you're bottom of the league... And you're playing well, but you're not winning. That that's no good. You know the directors and the owners w- won't want that. But I'm sure um, Barry Robson will go on, and I'm sure he he will have an, enough opportunities at Aberdeen to turn it around. And I think he'd be a good manager. He speaks a lot of sense. He comes across well uh, when he's doing his interviews, and um, he's got some good players there. You know, he's got Duke, he's got Majowski, he's yep. got one or two others. You're good from players. And I wish him well. I think he's a good manager, but he needs to start. He needs to start getting Aberdeen further up the table. I know that for a fact. Mark, it's been an almost unblemished run for Philippe Clement in his, what, five or six weeks there? Yeah. Just before, was that six out of seven wins? Only one yeah, draw? I think so, yeah. So, just that one draw. Um, he almost probably didn't. I know he was asked this question. He wouldn't really want the international break. Keep it going. But he said, I think, no, it's time still to work with players. He's not that long with them. Uh Um, But a few interesting things to look out for after the break. Who's fit? Who's going to come in? What's the shape? Yeah, I think that that Philippe Clement and his staff would have welcomed the the international break, Paul, with a chance to go and um, uh, work with with one or two individual players, chance to to press home a few uh, points. Because, you know, you look at Jack Butland, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, you know, there's a number of players that would still have been uh, there that were on their way um, on international duty, John Lundstrom, etc., etc., and a chance for Philippe Clermont, Paul, because it would have been a whirlwind. Mm. He wouldn't have had a chance to draw breath in the past five weeks or so, so it would be a chance for him just to gather his thoughts, take a bit of downtime himself, go away and look at his ideas, what he wants to go and implement, because once the you know he'll be back training right on to um, tomorrow, most of the squad will be a bit in. Um, come Sunday, Paul. That's it. It's non-stop until January the 2nd. Absolutely non-stop uh, for Rangers. So this was his chance to, to get a bit of breath and they need to get off to a flyer again. Um, all, the, all the previous work in the past few games uh, will go undone if Celtic win on Saturday and Rangers don't win on Sunday because you will get people on Sunday night saying that's it, the league's over. If that lead ends up still being 11 points or 10 points or whatever then people will say, that's it, Rangers have, have, have blown the league. And then, mm. even more pressure to go and deliver the League Cup on December 17th. I think as well, we talk about Brendan Rodgers when he speaks about improving mm. players on the training ground, re- renowned for being a fantastic coach. Yeah. You look at what Philippe Clement has done already at Rangers. Ryan Jack looks a different player. Yeah. Lundstrom mm. now looks a different he's player. He's brought him back, hasn't he? Yeah, Lazarus. he's brought him back yeah. and he, he looks a different player. He's got signed good players. Mm. You know, you, you look at Seema, you know, really looks a good player. You know, on the left hand side, can cut in. You know, he's got a little bit of bite about him as well. Quick, Dessa has been getting goals for them, so he's Again, getting the so, best. He's yeah. getting the best out of some Didn't of the low? players. Yep. And I think 
for the run that they've been on, they've obviously improved. Yeah. And they've obviously, you know, taken taken, you know, what what the manager is saying to them and taking it onto the pitch. How hard is it? Because there's obviously the last ones you mentioned were Michael Beale projects and it didn't seem to be working. Okay, Danilo, I mean, the jury was out on everyone. I know he'd been injured. Um, how hard is it, John, when somebody else signs you and then leaves within four months? Well, you got two. You you got two ways to look at it. the managers. Whoever comes in is vitally important to get everybody back on board. So first thing he says, look, uh, I didn't sign you, mm. but you're here to work. I want I want to make the best out of what I've got. There's no doubt that the Clement will want to bring in some of his own play. Every manager wants to do that. I don't know in terms of how much budgets that he've got. Uh, he might well have been told, look, you've got you've got to try and improve this players. We brought the 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 the, the, um, the recruitment people at Rangers, not only Michael Beale, but they would have been a big part of signing these players as well. So they brought in Clement, and he's basically he's had a reaction out of them. He's he's had a bounce out of the players. You can tell that by the run they've been on, and and they can go two ways. They can either say, "Oh, well, you're not my manager. I'm going to sulk when I'm not playing," or they can respond to the manager. But the managers obviously come across very well, and he's getting the best out of these players. Mark, he sure is, isn't he? People like yeah. uh, Danilo. He mentioned Lindstrom. I mean, a long-term project. Yeah. You wondered, is he going to be there when his contract's up? They got yeah. him for nothing, but he's one of the highest paid. But he's improved massively. Yeah, he has. He's, he's, you know, he's uh, had a new lease of life mm-hmm. under uh, Philippe Clement. He certainly went stale, Paul, and, and off the boil. Uh, that's for sure. And you know, you don't hear it at the time because players, you know, would never admit it. It's once a manager goes that we snippets start coming out and you get a better uh, idea certainly on, on the record as to what was going on and a number of players just clearly weren't they having Michael Beal his history now he moved on it's a new manager but again with John Lundstrom what do you do he's a huge earner you're either going to stay and commit yourself to the club or they might try and look to move him on um, in January but first and foremost a coach's job is to improve what you have uh, and certainly the early signs are that Philip Clement is doing that but then Paul the next stage of that is improving players but also winning trophies that's it you can improve players all you like and clearly they're improving but you need to improve them to be better than what's across the city and he faces a formidable opponent in Brendan Rodgers who is excellent and who has countless trophies on his CV from this from this country um, 7 out of 7 you've just counted them I've just counted them so there you go Um, so when you look at that um, that's the next stage for for, for Philippe Clement Keep it going. Win the League Cup on December 17th. Don't lose to Celtic on December the 30th. Might have to actually go and win that game, but certainly don't lose to Celtic on December the 30th. Then if you can show that, the board will need to do everything in their power to go and support them in January. And there's one player when he's come in and thought, I want to work with this player and there's no chance I'm taking the captaincy off him. There's no chance in a million years I'm dropping this player. It's Tavernier. It's ball for Danilo a couple of weeks ago winning goal his set pieces his delivery his consistency and two weeks before he arrived in we we, we were listening on these radio shows Mark about how he wasn't doing it how some people wanted him out the yep. captaincy off him but you know what credit to Tavernier because he's stepped up to that little bit of criticism he's shown that he's got good character and of all people that for Rangers as players, I think Tavernier, uh, uh, you know, have stood up to what Clement is looking for, and and he's been a, he's been a great player for them. 
Could he be more vocal? Well, yes, he could be more vocal. Do you think he will be, Mark? Or is it just his makeup? James Tapp. Yeah, James no, Tapp. I think that, you know, yeah. I think we can all see now the, the way he operates. Yeah. Um, as a captain, you look down, you can see that, like, the likes of um, Connor Goldson is certainly more vocal on the pitch. Jack Butland appears to be very, very vocal. Listen, in, in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, but John's right. I think you can see clearly there's a bond developed, uh, a chemistry between the manager um, and the captain. For Tavernier, Paul, we can look through the history of the past. How long has he been captain? Five, six years. There's always a spell when the punters got, turn on him. Yeah, and they have to. You know, exactly. When they don't win games, he's yep. the first target sure. that they go for. Yep. Which is a shame I know, for I him. You know? I don't know why he's got over a hundred goals mm. yeah. from right back. You're looking at strikers who yeah. don't get anywhere near that, and people go, they, they they praise strikers. He scored a great goal. Oh, by the way, he scored one of these brilliant goals against Celtic. Travani yep. has been doing it season in, season out. 100 goals that is freakish really so you know that man that man has been outstanding for look at the goals from right back amazing John Hartson almost sounding like his agent there but no you're absolutely right and for you I mean brilliant uh, I wouldn't striker. want to be his agent Mark I wouldn't get uh, nothing yeah. for him but uh, there we are <laughs> oh but I'll tell no, you I'm, what, only, I'm only joking I know, listen oh, the John, praise I've just, just said to him was yeah this is a player yeah, that gets a lot sure. of criticism no. yeah. and I really, really can't understand no. it because when Rangers are in trouble, mm-hmm. if they're a goal behind, when Tavernier crosses yep. that halfway line, if of all the players at Rangers, he is the one that generally drags you back into the game. And remember during the dark days for Michael Beale, when you know the writing was on the wall and the fans were giving them a bit of stick, he still went over and went round uh, and applauded the fans. He didn't hide. Yeah. And that's a captain, that's Absolutely, a leader. Yeah. For Absolutely. sure. So I'm going to put you on the spot, both of you. Are Rangers going to win the League Cup, the Via Play Cup? So we know yeah. they have to. So what do you reckon? Mark? Yeah, Hamden, December 17, Sunday afternoon. Yes, I think Rangers will uh, win the, the League Cup for the first time since what Walter Smith Mm-hmm. Um, was manager get, right. get, get away back so it's a trophy um, they've won the Scottish Cup um, under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst they won the league um, under uh, Stephen Gerrard they've not mm-hmm. won the league cup um, yet it was the only two trophies in a decade I think they'll make it three uh, in a couple of weeks time it's going to be some day as well isn't it it's going to be a great yeah, occasion yeah. And by, uh, but by yeah. the way Aberdeen will be tough opponents Paul mm-hmm. regardless of what happens on Sunday mm-hmm. Aberdeen will be up for the final for sure John, what do you reckon? Well, Aberdeen, they've been to several finals themselves, in particular under Derek McInnes, mm-hmm. uh, and lost, you know, the mm-hmm. nemesis was Celtic for, for a few yeah. years when Rangers were making their way back up the league. Um, so for me, I think they will. I think they've got a bit of quality about them. them. Them players are mentioned going forward. I think they'll have too much for Aberdeen, but it's a cup final poor than anything can happen. Um, but if I'm put on the spot, I think Rangers will win, yeah. It's going to be some afternoon, really. Uh, looking forward to it. Of course, Rangers, as you mentioned, when they last won it. Aberdeen last won it. That was Derek McInnes's trophy, wasn't it? He yeah, won they it. Beat, they, beat, yeah. um, they beat Inverness, Inverness. at Celtic, Celtic Park on penalty yeah. kicks. Yeah, John Hughes was the manager of Inverness. I think that was 2014, was it? I think yeah. you're right. Because yeah. Derek always thought that he should have won more and probably yeah. should have. He came so close. Yeah. Some of the cup finals. I remember Derek's team beat uh, Stephen Gerrard's team. Um, in a League Cup semi-final mm. um, at Hamden but as John said a lot of the times that Aberdeen get into finals they come up against Brendan Rodgers team and they were just you know unstoppable and, and, and Lennon as well yeah for a yeah, while. indeed 08, 08 17 17 700 looking forward to the weekend back in a moment 
The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go! This time tomorrow night, it'll be Andy Walker, ex-Celtic, Graham Dorans, ex-Rangers, and both played for a multitude of clubs and they will join us tomorrow night five until seven we're looking forward to the weekend we're also thinking John we won't see you until middle of next week by Uh which time we'll have had the weekend games which I'm going to ask you about and also you will be in Rome Champions League action Lazio against Celtic you'll be looking forward to that yeah and obviously Celtic played very well Mm. against Lazio you know Lazio were backs to the wall stuff in the second half Celtic throwing everything at it and then obviously got sucker punched late in the game where Lazio broke away and obviously got the winning goal. So a similar performance, Paul, I know it's going to be hard in in, in, uh, in Rome as the away games are proven to be. But Celtic have played some terrific football through the yeah. competition. You know, Madrid at home 2-2 and then obviously Lazio towards the end. But they they need a bit of luck now, Paul, and, and, and obviously they, they perform very well. If they go and beat Lazio... Uh, next Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then obviously Madrid beat Feyenoord. Then Feyenoord come to Celtic Park in the last game. Celtic win that one. They need to win the next two, and they need to rely on other results. Celtic will then finish third above Feyenoord, who are currently on six points. Mark, we will see you before then. But as I said, do you know Rome well? No, never been, Paul. What? Never, never been to Rome. No. Your media empire doesn't have a yeah. an office over there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've never, uh, yeah. not through, yeah. Uh, yeah. never through work. Uh, right. Don't know why, uh, and and not yeah. through uh, holidays either. But yeah, city, I'd uh, I'd sure. love to go mm. to, and I'll certainly be watching the game. I'll be listening to um, John's uh, co-commentary Indeed. over there. Yeah. Celtic need to win, Paul, as John just stated. They need to go and win a game. They need to find yeah. a way. And for goodness' sake, keep eleven men on the pitch. Their discipline has to be so. Important. Look, bottom line is, don't like to say it, I want to see Celtic win, but there's no evidence to su- suggest, Paul, that they will. The evidence all points to them losing the game. Uh, so unless something extraordinary happens, um, but don't rule out, if, if Joe a, Hart is a, a brilliant game, Kyogre yeah. yeah, yeah, will yeah. take chances, Kyogre yeah. puts him away, then you just don't know. They might just defy the odds and it mm-hmm. would be brilliant. Can you imagine it? December the 13th get into the home game against Feyenoord John you'll be there again mm. that night with something to play for if mm. the scenario is beat Feyenoord yeah. and Celtic you know finishing yeah. at least third spot absolutely fantastic well, so I, go I, and do it on Tuesday yeah, night I've, I've done all the games and we haven't won yet and it's it's a nightmare when you come away from the games because the core comments are normally gets the blame mm-hmm. for Celtic <laughs> losing so I can't wait to I actually be on comms and we win yeah. a game because honestly you can be more positive you're looking for things to say when, when they're getting beats <laughs> no. and things like this so I'm looking for a, a win in the next mm. two games uh, from Celtic and I might just get a bit of a less stick there it's that famous line it happens to all co-commentators mm. yeah just a minute to go until half time and if they can go in at half time without conceding and then it goes up the other yeah. end of the ground the number of times I used to do commentaries and yeah. goes, how's it going yeah for Rangers nil nil Celtic nil oh, oh goal for the port Portuguese Jackie will be laughing yeah. listening to that at the moment well, and Rangers have got Aris in people, town if people will yep. criticise you even listen to the game yep. it wouldn't be so bad no sure but well, they, they yeah. just get on the bandwagon yeah. didn't they yeah. no they were right in my case it was awful but, but, um, it's just it's, it's strange yep. though when you look at Celtic away particularly away from home in mm-hmm. Europe I know. very yeah. rarely get a result I don't know what it is and they always there's spells, spells they do mm-hmm. play well but they find a way of shooting themselves um, in the foot it's it's bizarre, but it's almost as if you can put the kettle on for Celtic losing away from home in Europe. I hope, I hope that uh, goes against uh, the odds on um, 
on Tuesday night and and they win the game. It'd be brilliant. And, and I'd like to see it for Brendan uh, Rogers. You know, but when you look at the 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 squad and, and the signings in the summer, you know, in terms of when it came to Europe, um, I don't think he was given enough help in terms of the signings being European um, ready. So you know what, the, but. At Celtic Park, they've been brilliant. Lazio at home and Atleto Madrid, you can see an improvement. Certainly at home, there is no doubt about that. But away from home, it's, it's just, they're just unbelievably bad at times. And we've got just over a week, we'll talk about it more later, but Aris uh, Limassol coming to town and Rangers will be desperate to... I mean, that was a low point, wasn't it? Just, uh, what, six weeks ago over there? Seems a long time ago, just after Michael Beale had gone. But we'll talk more about that as the build-up to Europa League at Ibrox uh, a week tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Right, this weekend, um, Dundee against Hibs. Mark, we'll lead off with you. This is uh, two teams that, well, what do you reckon? Could be goals in this one. Yeah, Dundee, yeah. You know, both sides coming back um, after an international break, having won their previous games. But Dundee really getting it going at Dens Park. I'm going to go for a Desmond there, Paul. I'm going to go for 2-2. You're going for 2-2. John, what do you reckon? Well, both teams, Dundee up to fifth, which yep. would surprise an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. They've had a great start. Yep. Um, both off really, really good wins mm-hmm. last week. Um, what do you think, John? So you know, Hibbs obviously beating Kilmarnock. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Dundee. I, th- I think Dundee right. will okay. take a little bit momentum, and I think uh, Tony Dock is on a run, yeah, isn't he? You know, yep. that, that that fifth yep. spot they're currently in there. They'll want to. They won't want to get to a position and then drop all no, of a sudden. Sure. So this is a game uh, against Hibbs okay. that, that I think they'll, um, they'll take a lot of confidence in. Oh. So I'll, go, I'll go Dundee 2-1. Dundee win. Mark, Rush County under new management, as we mm. know. Derek Adams up against Derek McInnes' Kilmarnock. Quick word to Derek Adams for that job. Yeah, yeah I was surprised, Paul, yeah. right out of left field. But it has got a strong connection with the mm. club, good relationship with, with Roy McGregor, and they feel that he's a man uh, that can get him out. A lot of good candidates were in for yeah. that job. Um, but Kilmarnock, something about them, they, they know how to go and get results away from home now this season, which they weren't doing last season. I'm going to go 2-1 Kilmarnock. John Hartson, what do you reckon? Well, Kilmarnock won't want to be beat um, consecutive weeks on the road. You know, last week at Hibs, this week at away at Ross County. I just think sometimes when a new manager comes in, for whatever reason, he gets a bounce off the team. Mm-hmm. New manager, the, or the players, we know, will step up a level because they want to impress mm-hmm. the new manager. Um, so I'm going to go for Ross County. And I'll go... 1-0 1-0 and of course we know that Kelly have not been great on the road getting better but last year that was the issue for them ok Hearts against St Johnson there's a Craig Levine derby here did we think he'd be back in football management day to day I doubt it but he's a good start at St Johnson John what's your feeling at Tynecastle? who's going to win well, this Craig one well Craig Levine's done well he's drawn, drawn yeah. one mm-hmm. and won one yep. and the one that he drew they were 2-0 up yep. You know, so sure. he's obviously off he's to off, a fly. Yeah, he's yeah. off to a flight. He's done quite well um, against his what former club. Yeah, uh, what do you hard. reckon? Do you want to? I think St. Yep. Johnson. I, I, I've got a bit of confidence mm-hmm. on, under Craig. So um, it's like mastermind here. I'm going to have to. I'll go. You. I'll go draw. One going one. Going for a draw. Yeah. One one at Tynecastle. Mark, what do you feel? Hearts won St. Johnson though. Okay, and you mentioned St. Mary and Livy earlier. You both did, so that's good. Celtic against Motherwell. Let's hear a bit from Brendan Rogers speaking about you know day to day how he feels things are going. Yeah, yeah. I think if you look at what is virtually what a third of the season gone so far, I've been really pleased. There's always elements where we can be better and improve, and that's something that we uh, we focus on. That 
daily improvement. But um, but but over the piece, I've you know been delighted with the attitude of the players, the mentality, some of the football that we've played, and um, and like I say, we, we've obviously suffered with injuries to really important players, um, but. The, the team is, and the squad has coped really well and, and produced some fantastic football. John, what do you feel for this one? Will Kyogo be fit? Yeah. Or will he have to because of no. his, the head injury? Yeah. We don't know yet, so he hasn't said. I think it's protocol yeah. that you miss a few yeah. games, mm. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And news, breaking news, that the Irish FA have decided not to renew Stephen Kenny's contract as manager of Republic of Ireland. So we said that would probably come, Mark. And yeah, it has I think tonight. it's between Roy Keane and Neil Lennon for that okay. job. And I yeah. think Neil Lennon would fancy it. I think it'd be an excellent appointment if he was to get it. Wow, the former... Celtic and Hibs manager. I mean, he's won trophies everywhere. He's been he's including, a winner. He's yeah, a winner. A winner. He's yeah. a winner. And and, yeah. and not um, Republic Island need a need a lift. I, th- I think Neil Lennon would be would be an excellent appointment. He's, cert- he's certainly in the frame. I think yeah. they'll go through the interview mm-hmm. process, but he's yeah. certainly in the frame. And of course, he's a former Northern Ireland captain. So yeah, your old teammate John could well be back in international management. Um, yeah. He's been a great manager. Back to the game there. Sorry for Celtic Motherwell. So. I can only see one win, Paulie. Sometimes when Rangers are at home, I can only see one way because teams with a vociferous crowd behind them, um, there'll be odds on to win. So I can't see anything other than, than Celtic. I'll go I'll go 4 nil. Right, big win you'd reckon at home. Mark, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Celtic I think will stretch their lead to 11 points come 5 o'clock Saturday night. A comfortable 2 nil win. Manager was asked a bit about comings and goings for January. It's, it's listen. There's going to be naturally players that will want to go out and play, uh, and players that will want to move on. And and then, like like I say, we have to see if there's uh, if the, the players are better than than what we have that we that are available to to bring in. So I can't sit here now and give you a number and say what's going out and what's coming in. But uh, but there's no there's always movement. Sure is, countdown is on to January already. So Celtic would go on to 38 points after 14 games if they win. Motherwell, though, beware the wounded animal because they're on a bad run just now, but they're on 12 points. The win would take them to 15 points. Go find out. If Celtic do win, um, then they would go 11 points clear of Rangers, who are up against Aberdeen on Sunday, 12, high noon. That's where we started the programme. Mark, what do you think is going to happen at Pataudry? A real feisty game, Paul. Yep. Uh, both sets of supporters up for it, both dugouts up for it, and 22 players are, uh, going hammer and tongs. Uh, I think the referee will have his work cut out of a feeling it's going to be that kind of game. Mm. And I'm going to go for Rangers to win 1 0. Rangers winning 1 0. Scorer, I'll just throw that in for Danilo. you. Danilo. Danilo. Okay. See, uh, Paul, you didn't yeah. hurry Mark then for the. I was just because he was quick. <laughs> John, take your time. But what do you think? I'll give you Mark Weedy the answer before that one one. Okay. You one, 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 one. Wow. one one. Wow. Now that is contra- well, not controversial, but it would be if Rangers drop points. You think the controversial if Rangers win four nil as well? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so they yeah. ten points clear, Paul. Come, yeah, uh, John, come well, Sunday Rangers afternoon. Rangers are on a f- fantastic mm. run, aren't they? And Aberdeen after bounce back from that horrific performance uh, last yeah. week. Mm. Um, so for me, um, okay, one one. Go one one. Yeah, you reckon one one? John, it's your charity lunch on Friday. Friday yeah. I hear there's 500 people sell out raising more money well, again for charity. Man, because it's Mark wonderful. helps Mark. myself and Chris Boyd with our yep. charities. He great. does a great job and all I have to do generally is mm. turn up 
and, uh, and Mark, you. Mark does all the uh, all the hard work, you know, at the tables. Yeah, yeah. And again, thank yeah. you for people who uh, who come and pay for tables and bid for auction prizes. Fantastic. You know, yeah. it all goes to to a great charity. And uh, who are and the recipients this year? Have you at this time? Well, the beats and the beats and uh, yes. cancer charity. Yeah. And we we've pledged to to try and raise mm. some more money for them. Yeah. Me and Mark walked around uh, there a couple of, about yeah, last week. Right. And yep. It's a wonderful place. There's so many good people there, good nurses, doctors yeah. who are doing great, uh, doing a great job. Everybody's pulling in the same direction, and it was something that that really got to us. Um, you know, uh, so yep. we're going to do our best in in the in the forthcoming years to try and raise more money for them. John, well done for that. Thank you so much. And Mark too. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow night with Andy Walker and Graham Doran. Thanks, Paul. Have a great night, everyone. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.